Welcome to another episode of Bands to the Bone. Idris here alongside Bissola and Stefan. You know how we do. Let's get it. Hey, hey, hey. What's how you up? doing? I'm good, man. How are you? What's happening? I'm good. Nothing much. Nothing much. We're missing another host. As, uh, bro, it has become, become kind of like routine. Every no, week no, someone, so someone is missing. <laughs> yeah, the... no, no, I'm sorry to tell us that you guys are quarreling. Now, let's... There's no. You're the consistent player. There's no one time. No, I don't. As long as until, we got you. Until next week. She has to be here next week, bro. Yeah, but me, if I didn't miss next week. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least you've given the fans. I'll give you heads up. A heads exactly. up, exactly. One time. Yeah, but uh, today we have a special guest. Special episode. Special, special guest. Episode. Our first interview. You know. Ever. You know. Shout out to uh, so, how far we've come you know so we'll introduce her we have Hi. Ruvimbo you know um, Ruvimbo is from Zimbabwe um, from Zimbabwe I know a couple of people in fact I'm sure quite a number of people um, especially if you're very active on social media you've seen um, the hashtag Zimbabwean Lives Matter in recent times um, and Ruvimbo is here today to shed you know some more light on some. Um, that movement you know enlightening us letting us know what it feels like to be zimbabwean at this time um how things are back home um especially because she has strong affiliations she has family and friends back home so she's someone that can definitely um you know shed a lot of light on the situation going on in zimbabwe so yeah, welcome Ruvimbo. besides Ruvimbo has a wealth me. of <laughs> a wealth of experience but Ruvimbo, can you tell us about yourself Wow, now I feel yes. gassed. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for having me as your first guest welcome, and for um, for valuing my opinion enough to speak on this. But yeah, like you both mentioned, I'm Zimbabwean. And in light of the recent movement, well, social media movement, Zimbabwean Lives Matter, and my background in political science. And like Idris said, having grown up in Zimbabwe, having family and friends there, this is obviously something that affects me, affects people I love, and affects my country that I love a lot as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to talk about it and to get the message out there on this platform. So thank you for providing that to me and to other Zimbabweans as well. Um, something yeah. something kind of heavy happened last night. Yesterday, I don't know if you yeah. guys have seen it. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick yes. Boseman. Yeah, our, I'm still processing. Our very own Black Panther. That's my king. Real life superhero, you know. It's uh, it's really sad, and apparently he he was uh, he was down, I think, with colon cancer for yeah. since for the last 2016. Four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I I was looking. I think just before we recorded, I saw a tweet about how many movies he's done in that span. In that yeah. time span. Oh wow. It was a uh, Captain America. Black Panther, and I don't know which others. That, uh, I don't know what it's called. The five something. Uh, there was 43, wait, 42. Uh, and then I can't remember like street the name gangs? of the other one, street gangs? Yeah, I didn't watch it. Well, I haven't watched it yet, okay. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope. I've heard um, a lot of people say things like, oh, he's been looking kind of frail recently, but they mm-hmm. thought that he was just doing that, you know, to, look, yeah, to look the part yeah. in a role he was trying to play. Um, but apparently he was going through a lot of things that we didn't know about. Um, yeah. But you know, R.I.P. to him. Um, condolences to his family. You know, yeah. I hope they find I peace hope. in this uh, in these trying times. 
you know he is a real life superhero he's left a legacy behind so shout out to him yeah you know for sure yeah. our first topic of the day zimbabwean lives matter um Ruvimbo, can you give us like a bit of a background? Yeah, so I guess the movement itself on social media kind of gained traction, I want to say maybe about a little over a month ago. Um, and so what kind of brought that on is that there's two journalists. Um, I don't know if their names matter, but I'll say them. Their names do matter. They do. Um, but uh, so their names are Hopal Chimono and Jacob Mavaringe, I believe is how you say it. And so they were arrested for just speaking out against the government and corruption um, that's been happening in the Zimbabwean government for decades now, but more so right now in the time of COVID where people need access to healthcare, people need, you know, the COVID funds that are being kind of donated to the country to be able to, you know, combat the, the COVID-19 pandemic. But government officials, people affiliated with government have been looting it, building things for themselves, getting tenders illegally so these two journalists um and many other people have spoken out against it and got arrested and so their arrest was obviously illegal because it's not illegal to speak against government um yeah in any democracy and i say democracy in air quotes because obviously in zimbabwe it's democracy by in name and not in actual practice um so yeah with the rest of those journalists people got outraged and said how are you going to arrest people who are simply trying to look for the good for for better for zimbabweans in general so that's kind of where it gained traction and people have been tweeting about it and just you know raising awareness um creating social media movements because we know in these day, days and age uh social media is like the vehicle through which people are seeing and hearing about news and stories and rallying behind movements and things and so yeah, um, it, w- it just became something that Zimbabweans worldwide and even people, I know some celebrities, uh, international celebrities got on it as well. So um, Ice Cube, Yara Shahidi, and mm-hmm. then in South Africa as well, AKA, and right. I know other African celebrities got on the um, Zimbabwean Lives Matter hashtag as well. And so, yeah, it's still been continuing. Of course, it's kind of died down as we've seen with a lot of other social media movements. Um, Sometimes the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement has also kind of subsided a little bit, but this is just the ebbs and flows of social media movements. And yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of where it originated from in terms of the hashtag, but not in terms of the problem. The problem has been there for years, for as long as I can remember anyway. Oh, right. Yeah. And and this problem um, mainly is a human rights issue, expressing freedom of speech, uh, expressing freedom of speech. Yeah, so it's actually a multifold problem. So there's obviously human rights violations. Right. Um, then there's obviously political decay, economic decay, social decay, just like it's almost like everything is happening all at once. Right. And then it is like kind of manifesting in different ways, one of which is being human rights violations as well and things. But overall, in my opinion, like the entire foundations of the Zimbabwean state is just rotten. Like it's Hmm. beyond just decayed. And it has been like that for, for, like I said, decades. For decades. Tell me, has there been a time where you would say that um, Zimbabwe was good? So and how long is, ago guess, was that and what are the changes that have happened in that time? So I think good is relative right. um, because so I'm I was born in the 1990s. Right. So I'm in my 
I guess, mid-twenties right now. Um, and I would say when I think back, like obviously I will think back on the early 2000s or the late 1990s as, oh, the good old days where I could, we still had our Zimbabwean dollar currency, where I could buy something for 50 cents and I could do all these things. But people before me, so my parents' generation might even say, oh, like, pri- like just after independence, things were good. And then in the 1990s when... Um, the IMF and the World Bank introduced uh, the structural adjustment policies, things went downhill. So for me, I wouldn't, now I have that perspective because of what I studied in school. um, And I know what the impact of those structural adjustment policies did economically to us, but I was still in the 1990s being like, oh, this is great. Like everything is fine. Christmas is, is great. You know, we go to the village, we eat rice, we eat chicken, everything is good. There's no fuel queues. There's no like you know what those things right. where it's like to me it seemed like everything was great, but Life somebody was else, easy. yeah, but somebody else might disagree and say actually no, it things were 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 already not great right. at the point where I think they were great. Right. So yeah, I think good in that sense is is relative. But that. where I can say I started to see things going downhill, and again because I'm still relatively young, um, I don't have a full spectrum of like everything. Um, in like 2008, when the rest of the world was going through like a global recession, we were also going through a global recession, but with like 900% inflation rates, um, no food in the supermarkets. Uh, people had to go to like places to buy things with wheelbarrows, like with bags and bags of money, which really amounted to nothing just because, you know, that's how bad our inflation was. Um, again, like, you know, our healthcare system was bad. Teachers, doctors were striking. Um, so it was pretty much like this, except happening in 2008. So earlier. Um, and that's like my, I guess my most well-formed memory of things being not great. If I remember correctly, um, there was a revolution in Zimbabwe, like four years ago. Yes, a coup yeah. um, in 2017. Yeah, in 2017, and that w- the goal of that revolution was to fix a lot of the things that had been happening prior to, like some of the issues that you've mentioned, like the 2008 recession and having to. And if I and, and I also know, I think you guys use the U.S. dollar now. You guys don't have a Zimbabwean dollar anymore. So yeah, so um, <clears throat> on the revol- on the coup that happened. Yeah. The idea was obviously that we we hoped that it would help to alleviate and to start the road to, you know, fixing and addressing all of these issues. But um, most of it was to get Mugabe, who was the previous president for right. 37 for 37 years up to that point out of power. Right. So um, a lot of it was just like a coup to get rid of him. Um, and then, you know, hopefully moving forward, start to fix those issues. Um, of course, I can go into that if you'd like me to, but, um, so we got rid of Mugabe, um, but the system, the political party that was pretty much backing Mugabe still remained. So kind of the people who facilitated, I don't know if that's a good word to use, the coup, were members of his own party. So ZANU-PF is the ruling party. They are the ones that kind of, you know, instigated the coup. So it got rid of him, but it didn't get rid of the system that was already in place. Um, so that's what happened three years ago. And yeah, we had been using US dollars since like, I guess since 2013-ish up until, yeah, that 2017 time period as well, if I'm not mistaken. And then they introduced another form of the Zimbabwean currency called the bond note. 
which really has no value on the global market but like is used in Zimbabwe and so it's a weird monetary system that makes no sense to anybody right. not even the people who implemented it but um so we have it and then US dollars became illegal to use at some point and then it was this constant back and forth where the exchange rate was like 1 US dollar is equal to 100 bond notes hmm. and initially it was supposed to be a one is to one um I guess exchange, exchange rate, rate. Yeah. yeah and it quickly went to one is to uh, 100 so nothing like makes i wish i could say there was like a formula or something that makes it make sense but it doesn't make sense okay. it makes sense <laughs> what's the what's the reason why because um i've frequently heard about issues in zimbabwe yeah um i know you've mentioned this to us off the pod but um why now what's the reason why the movement is so big now right. what what has brought brought it to the boiling point for it to boil over and spill out into this big movement Yeah, so I think again uh, when I was talking to you off the pod, I mentioned how like we're in a global pandemic. The entire world is in a pandemic, right? So even here in Canada, like people have been like government officials have been scrambling to try and see what makes sense. How do we how do we balance e- economically making sure that people aren't dying disproportionately while also making sure that like where the economy isn't collapsing and that we still can offer the healthcare whatever to people right so now the exact same issues that Canada America the UK all of these other quote unquote developed countries are facing we as Zimbabwe and a lot of other african countries are facing those things as well in addition to corruption hmm. already failing healthcare systems already failing education systems hmm. so it's like i think it's 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 what's tipped things over the edge right. the fact that people keep dying and instead of saying okay maybe let's not loot right now as we are in a global pandemic <laughs> and maybe let us do something for the people do you know what i mean I like it's as it's as simple as okay guys like let's let's chill for a little bit so that at least people don't have to be dying so of things I- unnecessarily Would you say the pandemic uh, has kind of like, like sparked it up? Worse in terms of their looting and their stealing and their everything. Okay. Like how do you take funds that are meant for COVID and you build a private hospital for elites and you are giving tenders to people who are known to be stealing and you're also repressing the citizens at the same time using police brutality, violence, force, etc. in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean it's not okay in any time, but like right now is definitely not the time. Has there tell me has there been in the past maybe not to this um you know to this gravity but has there been any sort of protest in the past against the government Yeah so there have been um but then there's also And what was the outcome of that how did that end So So yeah so a lot of the protests um in I guess I want to say in the 20 2010s or early 2000s the right. opposition party members would be the ones who are either speaking out or again protesting organizing marches peaceful peaceful protests at that okay and what usually happens is people again get arrested they get beaten they get abducted so there was at some point and i think this is still happening a series of abductions um that are just happening where you hear oh this person has gone missing so a couple of years ago actually there was an act a prominent activist who was just speaking out against the government and i think he was largely doing this just by himself even hmm. of course like the rest of us were feeling this but he was brave enough to speak out against them he got abducted and no one has heard from him since and i think this was over 5 years ago 
Oh wow. So okay. we just we don't know where he is. His brother recently died two days ago from unfortunately colon cancer as well after spending like years trying to find out the answers of what happened to his brother. I heard that. Oh wow. I'm I'm he- also hearing that these uh current protests there's a uh, rumors that they're being sponsored by western embassies by the western world is that anything to hold on to? No, it's not. It's the no. it's the government that's saying that though. It's the Zimbabwean government that's putting that out. Yes, yeah. There is no like so now we're appealing to western governments and like you know the international community to say hey please please help us please do something please can you i don't know what it is that you can do but if it means increasing the sanctions and i don't know if this is good or bad but just like help us no one is sponsoring these protests people that are just fed up of having to like live so precariously for so many years and like for all of our lives just not knowing what to do where to go next but yeah there's no foundation and there's no like actual base in the claims that it's being sponsored by Western governments. Right. Mugabe was ousted because he was a dictatorship for about forty years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this president who's in right now, he mm-hmm. was th- three years ago. So I'm I assume there's probably going to be an election next year, or is it yet a democracy? Um. So I don't know if there is going to be an election. Um, Mugabe part two. Is that, what, is that what we're getting into? Well, yeah, so actually, so when I was saying, you know, the coup that got rid of Mugabe, mm. it was it didn't get rid of the, the political system right. or the political party. It got rid of Mugabe as a person, right? But so the president that's there right now, he used to be the vice president in Mugabe's government. Oh, I see. It's not like... That's it's, interesting. It's not like, He's not like a new guy that has just come no, up. He's no. He's been no, in no, the no, system. No. He is the system. <laughs> right. So it's not even like there was, you know, some like I came out of nowhere and I said, okay, cool. And then it's me. No, it's the exact same system. It just got rid of Mugabe. And then, you know, now this person who was the vice president. uh, So they had been, I don't know if the history of everything is really important right now, but pretty much there was just factionalism in, in the party. This new guy who is now the president now used to be, in the good graces of Mugabe and then when the factionalism things started happening he kind of fell out of those good graces there was a bit of tension and then pretty much he was able to get the military and armed forces on his side to stage that coup which ended up leading to him being um, the one who is now in power so yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen we've seen instances of the international community um, stepping in to help several countries in the mm-hmm. past um, and it always, it rather not it always, it a lot of the time um, hasn't been all good. Um, when mm-hmm. these guys step in, we see an influx of a lot of weaponry, for example, um, yeah. to the average citizens. And what that does um, is it increases the crime rate. So right now we're fighting against something, but when these guys come in with their guns and whatever, it adds another problem. Yeah, so, and, and that's the, another thing that makes it difficult, which again, you can see how, the, why this is. It, I, I, I see. I totally understand how. A situation. It's a, it's a difficult then, situation to fix, for yeah, sure. You then need to see, so, okay, the international community that's coming in, are they trying to leverage their own interest in the mm. situation? 
are they just interested in whatever resources, minerals that the country has to offer? And mm. so if they act in this way, then this way, you know, that's why we end up having child soldiers or mm-hmm. blood diamonds and whatever. And we don't, we certainly don't want that. Like in the midst of everything else, that's not mm-hmm. what we want. Um, but it's also like, you know, why have these international bodies that claim to be for the people or like international human rights? Why do we have the International Court of Justice? Why do we have the African Union? Why do we have regional entities who aren't going to do anything and hold these people accountable? And it doesn't have to be like weaponry or militarized or, you know, something that's... Exactly, exactly. Um, Because there's no... how, How is it that the South African president can say, can tweet about, you know, Black Lives Matter and George Floyd's death? Which a hundred percent he should, but then in the country right next to his, there's he's people not, he's dying. He's not talking about that. Not doing anything about it, and then people in his country are complaining about how there's so many Zimbabweans, there's so many you know Nigerians, there's so many Ghanaians in South Africa or whatever, right? And oh, xenophobia and whatever. But you're not saying anything or doing anything to be able to remedy the situation and to say like you know this needs to stop, this needs to end. So it doesn't always have to be in in terms of weaponry or violence or warlike. Mm. They can be diplomatic things that are done to try and remedy the situation. Um, something. Yeah. Um, speaking of sanctions, um, something we've seen with these international organizations that you mentioned, like the IMF, the World Bank, um, we've seen frequently that, to some degree, they're just proxies of world powers. Mm-hmm. Like World Bank is a proxy for America, and Russia and China have their own agenda. Yeah, and we've seen in lots of African countries these days. There's like the China Gate, if I may, mm-hmm. where oh, we can't get help from the U.S. because IMF has this human rights sanction against our army, so we're going to China and getting this huge amount of debt. Yeah, to fix the problem. So it's like kind of it's just a complete repeats of the same problem we're leaving world bank to go to china and russia for perhaps worse deals because it's not just the other guys Mm -hmm. so it almost seems to me like africa should be there should be a fix for africa from africa africa from inside because no one cares about africa more than africans everyone is in africa to for their own personal Everybody's so, looking to get benefits. something out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask: Is there, like in West Africa, we have the ECOWAS? Is there a South African, Southern African? Um, there is, yeah. Yeah. SADC. S- okay, SADC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, so what? Like, what role have these people even played in the past to mm-hmm. show, like, that there is potential for? Nothing. Please help me to ask them <laughs> because nothing they have done. They have done, aside from maybe like saying something, you know, out of decorum, issuing maybe a one or two statements or whatever. I do know that they wanted to intervene um, in the 2017 coup that was happening, but they were trying to intervene in order to maintain and to uphold the system. But yet we're saying, help us. Instead of you to be saying, stop having the coup or, you know, don't address this, help us to be able to do this and better the lives of Zimbabweans instead of saying no let's do that let's not let's not descend to this level let's not stoop to this level so they're not doing anything that's actually for the benefit of the people and a lot of it honestly is because of this whole like African strongman thing right um a lot of the leaders in on the continent have been first of all they're hella old 
I don't know. Can I say hello on here? Oh, go yeah. for it. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> <Okay>. feel free. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Feel free. They're feel free. they're old. They're just old, 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 and they've all been like, um, you know, uh, assisted each other in their respective struggles for independence, right? Mm. So Mozambique, Zimbabwe had a hand to play in that. Um, you know, just DRC, whatever. So there's this like. There's this unnecessary toxic brotherhood that exists uh, amongst African leaders that says like, you know, okay, so Mugabe, you were there when we were fighting against the colonizers here. And so I'm bound by this vow of like, you know, brotherhood to protect you when something is happening in your country. And so I'm not going to speak out or speak up against it. And so it's like now we've got this whole situation where people who claim to have fought for our liberation so that our generation can be free or whatever now coming together and saying yeah no we they owe us because we fought for them we wouldn't be free they wouldn't be free without if, us without us exactly how how influential was uh, mugabe in the south of africa amongst other countries in fact in the in the entire africa how how influential would you say mugabe was i think initially he was i guess okay i don't know I don't know how I don't I don't really know because I'm speaking from my Zimbabwean perspective where we right. hated him. But I've spoken to people who have said, Oh, like you know, Mugabe, he stood up against the the British colonizers. He told them, he told them, Oh, I wish exactly. our president would do that, whatever, right? And we're like, No, 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 no. That same energy that he would speak to Tony Blair about We want it. He did we want that energy for him for himself right. to say, like, free us. There's no way you can be at a WTO meeting or a World Economic Forum meeting saying all of these eloquent things and telling off the Western powers when now we, when you come back home to your people, we're sitting in just sitting there nothing. with nothing. nothing. Like yeah. it's all great for optics. So I know across the continent, people revered him as the guy who stood up to the Western powers. But for us, we're like, nah, y'all can have them then if that's what you want. <laughs> Cause that's one of the things with Mugabe, I think is that um, I know in South Africa, because Southern Africa is the one place where a lot of the Euro- Europeans stayed back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, in Zimbabwe, South Africa, there's the biggest, one of the biggest racial divides is based off land. Yeah. Because these people have taken all the land prior to okay. freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now they owned it, passed it down for generations. And the yeah. black people who are there don't have access, access to, to that land. All over the, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all over the world in America, the big one of the biggest racial divides is based off land because mm-hmm. if you don't control the land you know you don't really have land is passed down for generations yeah. generational wealth yeah, yeah, yeah. so one of the reasons why is Mugabe is a leader around is because he's been fighting to claim back the land, land from these the land from the Europeans from these Europeans right but yeah. again what people don't see <laughs> is how okay. that was done so it looks great like if it looks great Optics, when you're outside PR. Exactly. So when you're outside and you're another African country and you're like, oh, dang, look what Zimbabwe has done. See, they've taken the land back from the white people. That's what we should do as well. But when you don't see how that land was taken away from the white people and then given to political elites or politically connected individuals who have no idea how to farm, because again, our economy was largely based off of agriculture, right? Um, So it's not like we are, we had some sort of industrial superpower wealth or whatever. Agriculture is we were called the breadbasket of Africa for a reason, right? right? So to take away the land from the white people, which that in itself wasn't wrong, but it's who you then gave it to. Now our economy is in tatters because you gave it to people who 
don't even have never visited this area but wanted to have a farm to say oh i have a farm and that's it so almost divided amongst his friends friends and, exactly. friends and family yeah, friends and family exactly yeah. yes Bonanza. friends and family discount come on come all yeah. friends and family so it looks great and the the idea behind it i personally wasn't against it actually i was like yeah we should take back our land and we should take it back because they took it so you know how mm-hmm. are you gonna say oh now you have to pay for this land did you pay for it did your ancestors pay for it i don't think so but then in taking it back you can't just take something and then be like okay now i have it and then do nothing with it there was no strategy as to so how do we ensure the continuity of the economy while we're taking back out like is there a way we could have done this better and i believe there was a way that we could have done it better so still kind of you know saying yes zimbabwe is for zimbabweans and a lot of our history is associated with you know just violence and stealing and whatever on the part of the british colonizers but now we also need that because the economy like it or not has now evolved to be whatever it was what it became because of colonization so there was yeah. a disconnect in the vision and then the execution and the motivation even as to why that happened. Right. Something that's ringing in my head, um, old ways can fix new problems. Hmm. Um, one of the things... Peter Doche. No, sorry. Old ways can fix new problems. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, old ways can't fix new old problems. Way, yeah, so one of the things <laughs> that uh, goes without saying, like old ways can't fix new problems. So, like you said, you know, Mugabe is gone. Even now, older people have come in again. Mm-hmm. Um, Buhari, I don't know if you knew, but Buhari, who's our president, was an ex-military yeah. leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're recycling the same things in different, putting in different forms, but it's still it's at the core. It's still the same. The same thing. Yeah. Um, so it seems timely for young people, young dynamic minds like yourself. Like you have a background in political science, outside in let's, you know, um, in by most standards, a, a perfect political system mm-hmm. here in Canada. So how can I, I would also say that a lot of the hashtags and the movements, the social media movement, has been started by younger people. Yeah. And we're seeing a trend across like Black Lives Matter movement, but how can the, the disconnect is how can we translate this social media movement to action? How can we get young people like yourself in there with young dynamic minds, young ideas, different ideas in there to fix these problems? Because now there's another older guy who's coming in, mm-hmm. guarantees he's still going to use the same old ways that he's been trying since the first election he so ran for. How do we reform the entire yeah. system? System. It's hard. It's hard to see where young people can fit in in systems that don't that keep saying, "Oh, we need the younger generation to step up," but aren't making room for that to happen. Um, but again, the young people also we need to see the value that we can add and the pressure that we can put on these people to be able to mm. to do something. If it's not all the change, obviously, it's not going <coughs> to come in a day or even in a year or even in ten years. But um, I think. That unity at a baseline needs to be there um, for us to be to say, okay, so Idris is running for political office. Why aren't Rubimbo and Stefan backing him? You know, like what is this idea? How can I contribute to what it is that he wants to do and come together? Use my expertise, use your expertise to 
to do something mm. um, and then slowly but surely like chip away at whatever this big mountain of mess people have made uh, yeah, so it's really difficult. I wanted to get involved in politics as well, actually. Yo, I hope I don't disappear for saying this, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I still do. <laughs> I still do. I still do want to get involved. Um, and a couple of years ago, I wanted to like to, to start, but it's it's so hard. It's hard. It's so that, hard. I find that young people um, who do eventually get into the political system have either been mentored or trained by these older heads and exactly. what usually happens is because they're the ones training you they train you with their train of thoughts right or even they're, yeah they're training Just you to be like them and when you do get there they expect some rewards Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 just a cycle that we keep yeah. going. So even when young people do eventually get there, they have got there with the help of these older heads, and they owe these older heads a favor. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you just had to leave about an hour into the recording. So, but we we're probably coming to an end of the of, of the episode, and um, Rubimbo has really given us a lot of knowledge. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> But um, and that, what are your last notes? What what uh, what would you like to leave? What's something you'd like to leave us with? Perhaps some food for thought, or just something to like any notes on the movement and. I just urge everyone who thinks about it, um, you know, or who's hearing this or listening to this, to think about the human aspect of it, um, mm-hmm. and how I think we need to just change our minds as human beings on a lot of these things and see them not for oh. You know, if y'all had voted better, maybe things would be better. Or, well, yeah. I see that you're in Canada, so clearly things are fine. Or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really there's people. It's heartbreaking. Um, when I go home and I see some of the conditions that people have to endure, and you know, not knowing what to do or where to even turn to. So yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's 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 a good uh, last note and. It's been amazing having you on the pod. We've been, we've tried to organize this over three weeks now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the person who was kind enough to connect us with you, uh, we tried to have her on the pod, but she couldn't for personal reasons. And, uh, but we kind of looked like we couldn't have this conversation, but I'm really glad that we've, we've been able to have it. I think we enjoyed the conversation. Abisola couldn't join us today. And we got Idris for a good chunk, at least seventy five percent. So yeah. we <laughs> enough to not be abs- to not be absent. <laughs> <laughs> he did well. He did well. He, he showed up. Well. <laughs> he showed up. <laughs> so but um thank you so much. And there's one, one one more thing. I think you have your own podcast. You you can feel free to Oh yeah. Put us on. Put okay. Us on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I do have my own podcast, uh, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's called Radio Rue. Um, it's just, uh, I guess it's, it's a platform for people to share the stories of people who we don't typically hear in mainstream media. So, and, you know, there's a lot of women on color, of color there, just people of color, um, and, you know, perspectives that things I find interesting. Honestly, that's the best way to put it. It's, it's mm-hmm. a podcast that kind of in, in, it resembles myself. Um, Yourself. Yeah. So good. yeah, feel free to go listen to that. Check it out. For sure. And um, if you don't mind, we'll put your, we'll add your socials in, in our description. Oh, but sure. you want to spell it out as well. So people can reach out and if they want, ha- had any questions. And also for, for us uh, at Bounce to Bone, we'll definitely want to hear from our listeners who are Zimbabwean, who have any experience, or even across Africa. Because I feel like um, 
the problems in Africa just kind of take different forms and different accents. Yeah. But it's all the same. It's all the same, exact same thing. 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know? It's true. Like, you're seeing it in Zimbabwe. You're seeing it in South Africa. You're seeing it in Nigeria. And um, it takes a conversation to realize that we're all in the same in the same boats. Yeah. yeah. And if one person is sinking, then we're all sinking. Mm-hmm. It's true. Kind of. Yeah, you're yeah, right. right. You're so that right. It's everyone's problem, not just uh, not just isolated. Exactly. You you're know? so you're so right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm actually a pan Africanist. Um, I know people have different qualms about that statement, but yeah, I mean, having come to Canada and connected with a lot of other Africans, mostly like you know, a lot of my friends are Nigerian as well. So I got really in tune to what was happening yeah. in Nigeria. So I keep abreast of those issues as well. Ivory Coast, Mali, Senegal. South Africa, mm-hmm. all of those. It's and like you said, we're all the same. Those borders are arbitrary. Like some white yeah. men who were bored one time and trying to like <laughs> do something and scramble drew those boundaries. So yeah. you know, they they're not actually real. They're not real they're life. Not real. Um, that is true. Yeah, we're all the same. And so a Nigerian problem is my problem. A Zimbabwean problem clearly is a problem to you guys as well, which is why you're doing this. So yeah. Anyone who wants to reach out to me on Instagram is at Rumuti, R-U-M-U-T-Y. Twitter at Rumuti13. Um, yeah, LinkedIn is, I think you can put my full government name in your show notes. <laughs> ID and everything. And my ID number, village of origin. Damn. <laughs> but, but no, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. And... Um, you know, we're going to be following this conversation. We're really excited. Our first interview and I, we, we had a great time. And um, on that note, we've come to the end of the podcast. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>